It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. I'm Ramon Chavez, joined by my good friend Owen Evans, my other good friend Max yep. Simpson in the house, in the brand new studios. Let's go, Let's guys. Let's go. Yeah. It's different. It's a bit bigger than we used to. The camera's a lot better, so yeah. I look worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's <laughs> not good, but, but I'm happy to hear. How you guys doing today? It's been a week. Has it? Yeah, for Lizzie, me. Yeah, Lizzie? it's been it's been a week for me. I clearly you, didn't get you the well either. So. Yeah, you didn't get the Jersey memo. And I, I hear there was some Jersey news that dropped today, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's already kind of been leaked for about a month or two now. U.S. Men's National Team kits. They're really uh, they're really something, all right. Uh, if you haven't seen them yet, they essentially look like a high school team's training top for both home and away. I'm wearing this one out of protest because this is one of that their better nice. This is one of their better kids. This and the Waldo one are truly some of my favorites. But, oh, dear gosh, like the ones that they release, it's they're not good. I'm the, sure you've seen them. If you haven't, they're just... Ugh, the plain the, white t-shirt and plain the, white t- uh, the yeah. tie-dye. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's okay. It's okay because myself and Ramon are just sitting over here laughing at how bad they are because we've got actually nice kits. They're okay. Yeah. So shout out to Nike, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> making the worst <laughs> kits, not putting any effort into it. But all right, y'all, let's get into it. It's going to be a great show today. Obviously, on Saturday, Rising have a huge game, away game uh, in San Diego against the Loyal. Uh, it's going to be a crazy one out there. It's a lot of stuff happening on the 17th. You got not only Rising San Diego, but you also got the Triple G Canelo fight. That one's going to be fun. Some good stuff going on uh, going on around the world of soccer as well. So it's going to be a busy day. But it's it's a huge game for Rising. It's going to be insane. So we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to see if we have any team updates from Owen here and also take a look around the USL. Yesterday, the, uh, a couple of days ago, there was an exciting uh, six-hour council meeting uh, that, that happened. That, so that's the first Tuesday. time that has ever been Tuesday, said. It was in a six-hour council that's meeting. First time, that's the first time it's ever been said, an exciting city council meeting. There you go. So and Owen sat down. He was, you know, with all the meds from the surgery. He was watching <laughs> it, taking notes for y'all. So we're going to get the update from him. Uh, and also, you know, FIFA 23 is coming out, you know, and I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are huge gamers, but I think it's always good to look at the ratings of at least the top players and see, you know, what controversies we can come uh, well, up I with. Well, I think so. that we all know that given that USL's on it, eFootball is clearly <laughs> the superior product. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, we'll take a look at it uh, as well. Yeah, shout out to Harry in the comments. Uh, we got Michael as well. We got Pat Moses. Our FIFA trash. Okay, okay. Yeah, everyone's got <laughs> Thanks, Pat. <laughs> Some football managers. Uh, football manager is a good use. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, y'all. Let's talk about San Diego. It's going to be a crazy game. So, Rising faced San Diego way back in March. It was what, like the third or fourth game of the season? 
San Diego came to Wild Horse Pass. They got the W there. It was an ac actually a really exciting game. Mm. I looked back mm -hmm. at the highlights. It was a back-and-forth thriller. Ultimately, right, uh, San Diego got the 3-2 victory there. But since then, I think both teams have kind of taken different directions. San Diego's <laughs> at the top of the, the Western mm -hmm. Conference uh, table. Rising, not so much. So, you know, what, what are you expecting to see on, on Saturday? I I think, you know, if we look back at that game, we need to kind of remember what that game was. And it was almost the early warning signs of what was to come, okay? Mm -hmm. That along with the Vegas game in those first few weeks, it was a sign that something just wasn't right because did Rising fight their way back in? Yes, but the way they fought their way back into that game was through one man in the midfield, realistically, who had just that one spell where he kind of picked the team up on his back and helped mm -hmm. them there. Luis Manuel Sejas. Mm -hmm. Now, we've seen that in other parts in the year as well, where he's just kind of picked the team up on his back and, and carried them over the line at times. But in this case, look, they, they played well for about 10 minutes, and then it was just poor. The, get, the goal that they gave up to lose it, it was just, yeah. where was the defending? I mean, in a lot of ways, it, it's kind of symptomatic of a lot of what we've seen from Rising this year, that they can show up for spells, mm -hmm but they can't show up for an entire game. And that has been their downfall. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that game so long ago in the season. And like you said earlier, Ramon, like they have taken two completely different directions, these teams. It's almost in my mind, you kind of throw that game out the window just because I don't even know how much relevance it has, you know, in com completely different rosters in some ways, different systems and I mean, I'm I'm kind of worried we might see a bit more of what we saw in the last game kind of just magnified. I mean, a lot of the ways how, you know, Oakland presses on the counter, San Diego exploits that space in behind, a lot of similarities. And that was with a healthier defense last time around in Oakland. I'm uh, pretty nervous about how the backline's going to do this time around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be a, a thrilling game for sure. And we were able to speak to Juan Guerra earlier this week on his thoughts on San Diego. So let's take a look at what he had to say about the loyal. San Diego is a team that I enjoy watching. San Diego is a team that um, that I, I mean, we play a very similar, um, I mean, style of play and also a very similar game model. And uh, it's it's definitely going to be a it's going to be a good game. Obviously, they have a they have a bigger room for mistake than we do. But I don't see that as a as a bad thing. That means that we have to go over there and we have to be hungrier. We have to go over there and, and we have to be more aggressive. We have to be more intense. But we also have to stay very organized. There's a team that wants to keep possession, stretch you to be able to, pl to play through lines. And then after they play through lines, they, they create spaces that then they attack with a lot of speed and intensity, similar to the things that we want to do. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a battle. It's going to be it's going to take absolutely um maximum effort maximum um concentration and we have to make sure that then we execute well because this this last game at times i saw sparks of of good soccer good good connections of passes and playing through lines and going from one side to the other but then sometimes we're getting to the attacking third and we were not executing well once we were in the attacking third and that was creating a lot of transition moments for Oakland to attack with the speed that they had on what areas. So we had to make sure that we avoid that because now we're not going to be playing at home. We're going to be playing on the road. And this is a team that is vertical. This is a team that is dynamic when we're defending and they win it. If there's spaces, they have players that can hurt you. So offensively, we want to make sure that we go at them. But then defensively, we have to be very aware of the things that they do well. 
Well, you know what? Just hopping off of that, I am going to slightly redirect into the chat here. Pat Moses making one comment looking at Loyal here, saying they're better now than they were in the first match. Now, in some ways, fine, but you also have to look at their form lately, and their form is atrocious mm -hmm. coming into this game. They've won just one game in their last five. They have lost the other four. Now, some of those, okay, San Antonio, you lose that game. I get that. Away That's a tough game. Yeah. yeah, away from home against the team, top of the conference, fine. But Monterey Bay, Oakland, uh, Birmingham Legion, okay? These aren't necessarily world beaters that... Mm. If San Diego want to prove themselves as a title contender, you have to win against those kind of teams. You really have to be picking up the points in those games. So they're on a bit of a slump at the moment running towards the playoffs. I'm not sure quite how they're going to come out almost. That, that, that's what's intriguing for me here. Yeah, and I mean, even if you watch, you watch those games, the way that they were beat, it was shaky at best. I mean, oh gosh, like there's so many runs in behind over the top. Very, very easily gutted by the long ball. And a couple of them, my gosh, like you have the their defenders for Loyal were just getting out-muscled by defenders. There was um, one against, oh goodness, uh, I believe it was Oakland, where one of the runs straights up air ball, uh, air ball brings into chess, and he just straights up get shoves off, goes in for a goal. Another one, they just got scored off of Olympico. And whenever that happens, you know, again, not a soccer expert, but I don't think that's a good thing if you can get scored off by an <laughs> Olympico. Um, it's just been very shaky. And I think something where their goal differential, I mean, they're, they're I've got a plus 13 goal differential. But in these last couple of games, they've been conceding, what, three in a piece. Not great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that San Antonio game, if you look back on it, they were in it. They were able to get a penalty in the game. But Jordan Farr, one of the best keepers in USL, was able to stop them. So I know Harry... Was happy to, to see that result happen. But yeah, San Diego not playing at their best right now. And I think this is a good thing for Rising. They can definitely catch them at, at home, get some points there, and, and come away with at least a draw, you know, a victory, something to keep them in the playoff hunt. Because right now, if they suffer another loss, you know, I know mm. we've already said it a few times that, hey, you know, this season's pretty <laughs> much done. But mm. if they can just earn a few points and some results go their way, they're still in this and, and they can do it. Yeah, and look, I think that the key thing is getting the ball past the midfield. When you actually look at the statistics, San Diego wins the ball a lot in the midfield. It's Alejandro Guido, it's Colin Martin, it's Jack Blake. Those are the guys who are winning possession for this team. If you can get it past them, you can create chances against this San Diego team. That is the challenge that Rising has going into this week. Yeah, and I think the big, big thing is similar to, I, I mean, I keep, I, I don't want to keep making comparisons because they're completely different teams, but the way how we looked against Oakland, there really are those similarities where they, that's how they got beat. That's how they got beat by Oakland as well, where they press them in behind. They're making those long runs. We really can win the aerial duel back there. I saw against um, El Paso, they were getting absolutely dominated by in the air. And these are against guys who are, you know, six feet at most. They just were getting out jumped. Their back line cannot handle our aerial threats. We put in JJ Williams up top, start him from the get go. That's my personal recommendation because. He would just like you saw how he ate it up in, against Oakland in the second half. That to me would absolutely cause a threat against them. 
Right, and I, I agree that the aerial threat is the way you want to go with this. My one concern with it is that throughout the season, we've seen that Phoenix Rising can't execute the aerial threat. The number of times that we've seen, okay, you've got a big target man up top, we've got to throw him the ball, uh, you know, get it in there, try and get ahead on it, and they just can't do it. Yeah. Well, the issue, well, the, I agree if we're talking like, hey, you bring it down, like we saw last game, bring it down the touchline, try to mix it in. Absolutely. Where San Diego has been very, very vulnerable in these last couple of matches is it's been balls from center backs, from defense. You're playing these 40, 50-year-old balls, which, you know, you're going back to, you know, elementary soccer. They say that's not what you're supposed to do, but it's been working against San Diego, and they are very vulnerable in the air to those long balls. I'm not sure if they seem like they're playing a high line. I'm not sure what it is, but they're not only getting out-muscled, they're just getting in poor position, and mm -hmm. they're able to get through. Like, again, I agree. Let's not drive it to the end line but let's play it in and spray it out from the back i think that's an interesting one because it does go against what we've heard from one what he wants his game plan to be which is a more possession-based style at the same time he's kind of hinted at times that look we want to be versatile we want to be able to change it up when we have to change it up so then when you look at that is he going to change it up this weekend if that's the way to counter this san diego side is that what we're going to see are we going to see him try to go to those long balls to a more vertical style of play that in many ways is what rick chance would have done if things were working mm -hmm. back when things were working that's kind of how the rick chance system looked you would play those longer direct balls and and they would do it with a good amount of success mm -hmm. will we see that this weekend yeah, no, and I think, and I agree with all those points, but I think it all starts, and uh, I think Juan Guerra point, uh, pointed to it at the beginning of that clip that we played, is it starts with intensity. They need to be intense from the get-go. They can't, you know, against Oakland, you saw them get scored on pretty, you know, easily and, and early in the match. And so if that happens again, you're out of the game already. We've seen that Rising cannot overcome those deficits when they go into halftime. So if they can get on the board early, they can have some sort of lead, play their game, that's when Phoenix can be more successful, more dangerous, playing their own game. But if they go down one or two goals at halftime, I think it's a wrap. You know, and yep. we saw that against Oakland. We've seen it against numerous teams this season. So they need to put, you know, be be the aggressor, be the 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 team that's going to be, you know, attacking. Especially if you have someone like JJ Williams up top, you know, get the ball to him. I know they haven't been successful this season, but if they do that, they can be a dangerous team. Right, and just to piggyback off of there, we've said it a lot of times this season, but I've got the exact stat here. Phoenix Rising has gone in losing at the break nine times this season. They have lost all nine games. Well, and I will say as a kind of as a counterpoint for San Diego also falling behind in their last four losses, they have conceded five goals in the last four losses within the first 45 minutes. And technically one of them was the first minute of, of the second half, but still five goals in four losses mm -hmm. in the first 45, 46 minutes. You can't have that, and no wonder they're losing as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's continue with San Diego talk. Who, who are the players that rising fans should keep an eye on? Uh, obviously, uh, Kyle Vassell, one of their, their leading scorer for San Diego, Lloyd Bryce. Is there, is there anybody else that rising fans should keep an eye out on Saturday? Thomas Among. Um, I don't think he's necessarily the best finisher at times. But when you actually look at the chances that he creates, you look at his XG, there's a clear gulf between Thomas Among, Kyle Vassell, and everybody else. Mm. Um, so keep an eye on him because he will get into dangerous positions. And if he can finish them, 
you're in for a bad game if you're not paying attention to him. Yeah, and I'll double up. So uh, going out, looking out wide. So Nick Moon and Evan Conway, they're two uh, outside mids. First off, Conway, actually a bit of a score. He's bagged uh, two goals in his last three games that he's played. You know, both of them really, really, really good at facilitating from the outside, whipping in those balls, not just driving to the end line, but actually even more so, they like to play the ball deep from their own half space, bring it over into the corner um, and play those strikers in who are making those runs in behind. And I think that's very difficult for Rising, who they're already used to getting stretched in from behind. If you're able to get those through balls in through those center backs and thread the needle through that midfield, we've already seen it. it was a long day against Oakland and in recent games. I just think that trend can continue if they don't pick up on them early. And it's where some of those creative guys like Nick Moon, like Evan Conway, like even an Alejandro Guido can be so dangerous here because rising centre-backs just haven't at times felt like they've quite kept up with the pace. It's almost like they all look a bit sleepy and we're going to see a very different, perhaps, back three to this, this coming weekend because, of course, Joe Farrell's out suspended mm-hmm. because of yellow card accumulation. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how they approach this game because, again, if they can kind of carve up that back three, Rising's going to be in for a very, very bad Saturday evening. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be fun. And, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. But, yeah, I think their midfield, too, you know, talking about guys like Charlie Adams, Alejandro Guido, who, who scored, you know, the, the defining goal during their last game at Wild Horse Pass. So that, that midfield worked hard, man. They, they want to control the ball. They want to regain possession. If they, and if they lose it, they're always chasing after the ball. They never give up. When that's something that's a stark difference from the, the rising midfield. So that's something to keep an eye out. And then, of course, there are other players involved as well. Um, you look at Kyle Adams. You look at some of the Elijah Martin. Um, sorry, he's a really good um, player at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at just... I mean, even guys they've got off the bench, there are some who have played at a higher level, and look, I don't feel as though you're going to expect a storming performance exactly out of uh, the guy that we've seen brought up in the chat quite a few times there, Andrew Carlton. But I am expecting to see that he, he's he got talent. We know that. He wouldn't have played at the level that he had prior to this. Mm-hmm. If he didn't have talent, he's just got to actually execute that. And I don't expect him to do it in any regularity. I don't think he is had a particularly great season, but off the bench, if you're looking for someone for 10 minutes, there's a chance he does something. Well, I mean, I think a guy like that, you know, even though he is a no name, even if he's having kind of a bit of a, I would say kind of hot and cold at times, he's one of those guys where if you don't account for him, he can show up, you know, not, not unannounced and kind of just be there when you least expect it. And those kind of hidden guys, man, like they can cause a lot of chaos and really make a name for themselves. Yeah, yeah, so for sure. So uh, make sure to keep an eye out for those guys on Saturday. Let's talk about Phoenix now, guys. Uh, you know, we, you know, Owen talked to, touched on on the fact that Joe Farrell is not going to be there uh, this Saturday. So that's going to put a lot more pressure on the defense. So who, who do you think is replacing Joe Farrell? Is it, it Sarhis? Who, who are, is Juan Guerra going to rely on to uh, fill in that spot in the back I, line? I could see Hayden coming in. Um, I mean, the other alternative... When you're looking at it, you you try and fiddle around a bit more with, with Kev Lambert maybe dropping back. But mm-hmm. then, do you want him in the midfield? That's mm-hmm. where the problem is. And it's something that we brought up so many times this season. When Kev Lambert drops back, yeah, he's good as a centre-back. But do you want him back there? 
That's almost the problem. Do you want him as a centre-back or do you want him as the defensive midfielder where he can be so critical in the midfield, winning the ball, causing issues for the opposition before they even get into a position to really launch the attack? Yeah, I mean, like I said like I said on Saturday, I, I like him back there. The issue is, is you then sacrifice within the midfield, which has already been a bit of a touchy area already. I mean, it's again, and I'm not trying to be a coach to speak or anything like that, but this really is going to take, I think maybe you just, you buckle back a bit defensively, right? Like I understand you need to, you need to win this game. You need to score goals early, but I think we've seen in previous games that they're spread out on offense in a shape as a whole. There's a massive gap between the front line and the midfield, the midfield and the defense. Maybe it's shoring it up a bit. That way you can negate a bit of those long runs for San Diego to ping it around rather than trying to play those long balls that they want. Like it's not going to be any one defensive guy's effort. It's the entire club. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, you know, let me ask you guys this. Would you oppose with Lambert being in the back? Maybe Musa, uh, Sarhis, you know, and, and having Seijas and Quinn in the middle, just kind of doing their thing. Like, I, I feel when Seijas and Quinn play in the midfield, rising as far as their passing and control of the game, I think it becomes a lot better. So if Lambert's in the back, at least for just this game, I yeah. wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I just don't know who else who else, like, who else else like would be a, a suitable replacement in the back, so I, I agree. I don't yeah, the the only thing I would say there, again, is that when you're looking at a, a midfield in San Diego's that win the ball as much as these guys do, you mm. have to be in that midfield mm. battle, mm. and then perhaps you do need to look more towards someone who is also going to get stuck mm. in someone like Kev Lambert to be in the middle of the park. Uh, Pat Nile Moses done. Pat Moses I, I keep seeing him in videos, man. I'm, uh, you know, hopefully he gets some playing time this season. But yeah, you know, we'll see. Well, maybe he'll be on the bench. Look, if if Rising goes with a back three mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, Hayden Sardis, James Musa, and... Um, Kev Lambert. Uh, I was going to say uh, Marcus Vakrans. He's probably not left mm. yet, is he? No, no, they're going to leave GC. next week. Yeah. So yeah, he, he could well be. That could well be the back three. Whoever, what other centre backs have you got? Kevin Lambert can do it in a pinch. Would yeah. you put Nile Dunn on the bench? I mean, I yeah. feel we'd have been more likely to see it if James Musa had been sent off on the weekend, which, in honesty, he probably there should was have that been. One slide tackle. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, well, the one slide tackle was one thing. It was probably a red, but I can just about justify a. Okay, it's a yellow, but it's a breathe wrong and you're off kind of yellow. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is that he then broke up a promising attack two minutes later. And no foul was called, but he absolutely should have been. And he should have picked up a second yellow for that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. And let's move on to the, you know, now that we're talking about the lineup, let's move up to uh, the forwards. Max wants J.J. Williams. I like Greg Hurst, but I think given this game, I think J.J. Williams is the way to go. What do you guys think? I think JJ has to be the starting uh, center forward. Now, whether Greg Hurst has a role in the team, perhaps as one of those attacking midfielders, kind of, you know, you've got the two of them there mm-hmm. that aren't true wingers. They're a bit more inside, aren't they, in this formation? So maybe he's got a role in, in that kind of a position. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's JJ Williams up top, surely. And I mean, I, I sit and I, I, I say JJ Williams, this is not any slight on hers because i again he played a nice game I like on, against I like oakland first i have minutes. no problem with this as a player the thing that you have to work with is it's a very volatile part in the season where you are working through two different extremes on the one hand you are pushing for a desperate push for playoffs it's very very slim but you gotta score goals and go with your art matchups on the other hand you're on garrett you know that you are building not just for the season but you are 
looking to slowly mm -hmm. implement your system and the right players over time. And as much as you want to do this, you need if like you got to push for playoffs. You got to fight for that. And even if JJ Williams maybe isn't your that's going to be my my number 9 I don't know, the majority of the time, you need to play him because he is your best matchup yeah. against San Diego. Mm -hmm. But here's the question, right? And it came up in the chat earlier. If we're talking about a team that's going to play more direct in this game, do you go with two up the top? Do you try and have JJ Williams and Greg Hurst playing off of him? I, I don't, I hate it, honestly. And I that's not a bad shout. I mean, especially you have JJ as more of the, the, the deeper up number nine have hers a bit back he played well off of feet i can maybe see some one twos in there i mean then my question is who would you like to sacrifice then out on the on the wide side i'm gonna and jump, I think on, we, I'm gonna I, jump I, on this one yeah, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure i think you're thinking babu i'm thinking santi more okay. i'm thinking okay. you put you put santi mm. you know you replace santi more with greg hurst you know santi is giving his space on the left wing to babu mm -hmm. he's saying babu go and do your thing try to get crosses in. try to get into the box and santi is sliding in a little bit uh, inside and, and playing those half spaces. So if, I feel like if you give Greg Hurst that chance, or even Arturo Rodriguez, I wanted this change uh, in the game on Saturday against Oakland, letting him, you know, kind of get the ball, create something. And we saw it during those first mm -hmm. 45 minutes against Oakland, where if he's given enough time, he can get one, two touches, get by his defender mm -hmm. and create a play. That's not something we've been seeing from Santi. You know, I'm, I'm going to be frank, the entire season and, you know, these last few games. And at this point, it's critical. You need guys that are going to create plays, create chances and get, you know, rising some goals, honestly. You know, you yeah. came out with that like it was a hot take. And I feel like we've kind of hit <laughs> that point where everybody, everybody online, all these rising fans online are saying it's time for Santi to be benched. Look, we've defended him for a while and I still feel as though he's a much better player than he's played this mm -hmm. season. But when you're in this kind of a position and you need results, you are getting to the point whereby you have to play the players that are yep. not necessarily in form, but more in form than others. What? And right now, yeah. Santi's just not in form. And again, it's it's it goes back to matchups. And I mean, I think there is space to exploit for him in behind against San Diego, especially if you're having, you know, J, uh, JJ and Hurst push up. But I, I, it's it's tough because you don't want to move on from a guy with that. But if yeah. you're you have to do the right thing and bring in someone who at least can give you a better matchup play. I don't hate it. Bring him on maybe in the center half as a sub. We haven't seen that um, in a bit. Not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. The thing yeah. with Hurst, though, and I'll just jump to finish up here. I think when you bring someone like Hurst, defensively, his work rate, I think, could right. be improved. So mm -hmm. when you make that change, I know Santi tra tracks a little bit more than Hurst does. So I think that was my, that would be my only concern if you replace Santi with, with Greg Hurst. Mm -hmm. well, one comment in here just quickly uh, to finish this kind of section here. Claudio Repetto wasn't on the bench in midweek. Do we want to see him on the bench come Saturday or in the squad at least? Do we want to see him make the trip? <sighs> I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know how to feel about Repetto, but uh, about him at this point. I honestly like Antwi a lot more, at least from, from what I've seen this season. Antu hasn't been given a chance ever since Juan Guerra got here. So, you know, if there's nobody else, I think Repetto's by default the, the next guy. But I would like to see personally Antu, but Repetto might be the, the next choice. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen him play consistently in quite a bit. I mean, I'll look, you know, his, his minutes over the last couple of matches, three minutes, none, seven minutes, six minutes. Like, he just hasn't played enough consistently. Maybe if he's going to make the squad, like, what are you going to do? You're going to sacrifice him and bring on, bring him on for the last, I don't know, 
maybe mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes in a pinch. Like you just haven't worked up to that play yet. And I think the point actually, you bringing up Antwi is quite helpful there because if we're talking about a guy who's going to put in a five minute shift, it probably is Antwi just because he's that bit more mobile. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He he is a quicker player, especially when you're up against as as we've discussed. I feel ad nauseum today that this team does ultimately leak a bit at the back when you try and play those longer balls. When you're trying to be a little bit more direct, in that kind of a case, if you're pushing for a goal in the last five minutes, it probably is Richmond Dansby that you want to send out there. Yeah. Just because I mean, we've seen him score in that kind of a style. We saw it against San Antonio. Sorry to Harry in the chat there, but <laughs> we saw it against San Antonio where at the end of the game. You know, he just ran from the halfway line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of player that and that's he is. what I like about him. He can make, you know, you know, salad out of not, I don't want to say chicken shit, but <laughs> but he can make something out of nothing, basically. Like that you give him a chance, you give him a, you know, a little bit of space, he's gonna shoot at goal. And that's mm-hmm. what you want from your striker. When Rapetto comes in the game, I don't feel confident he can even get to a ball. I don't feel confident he can, you know, play in the box or get by his defender. It's just, you know, I, I I just don't know what's going mm-hmm. on with him. You know, maybe he's just not the right guy, mm-hmm. the right fit. But I would, like I said, I prefer onto a lot more uh, over Repetto. I mean, I think like we we are since we're talking touching on the offense, and we've talked we talked about a bit, you know, on Saturday, bit on Tuesday. Whoever is starting, whoever is coming off the bench, please shots, 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 everybody. But like, honestly, like we, we, I want to test this keeper. He has cinder blocks for hands. He, he is leakier than uh, a freaking frozen pipe. Like he just, he, he doesn't have good positioning. Their mm-hmm. defense, similar to rising, has not been good at closing down and stepping. Mm-hmm. I want to see us challenge him. And we haven't gotten clean looks in the last couple of matches. I, I want to see a challenge and, I think a two-striker system could do that, but whoever is coming off, that's what I want to see. You know what? Actually, one last thing. Sorry, just about I mean, We were talking about Repetto, of course. There, Michael bringing up can't even defend his Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. So uh, anyone who's been checking out Alan on Twitter, he owes me a PS5, by the way, this Alan. <laughs> uh, he told me that he delivers them very quickly, and I, I paid him in Bitcoin as he asked, but... Um... I don't know. It hasn't arrived yet. I'm, oh I'm disappointed. I'm going to have to speak to Claudio about this because clearly he's in league with him. We got we to gotta, we gotta get to the bottom of this. We'll, we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. All right, y'all. Before we wrap up this segment, what's your prediction for Saturday? Oh. I'm going with 3-1 San Diego. I don't trust his rising team whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I think San Diego's going to take it. What do you We've guess? got Samba Ramon here today. I'm back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Too old. I don't think they're playing that well, San Diego. I think that there is a chance. I think that Rising's defense is leaky enough to give up two goals. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me if they find, found a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean, okay, you actually stole. You actually took my scoreline. I am an original, so I will not be taking that. I'm going to take... Both teams have been leaking two, three goals plus in a lot of the recent matches. Maybe shore it up a bit. It's going to be a stretch game. A lot of shots, but maybe not as many goals. I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one, one. Yeah, these games, you know, San Diego and Rising always have fun games. So I think there's going to be some goal score, but hopefully, you know, Rising can... Uh, Pat agrees with me. Thank Wait, you, Pat. Pat agrees with you, but everyone else here <laughs> everybody is saying else Rising is going to win. Are Boys, you, what, are you, what are you on? You realize that one team, you know, one team is second from the top and the other team is second from the bottom. <laughs> Just thought, again, form is everything. 100%. But both of them form is That guy over here. <laughs> but yeah, let us know your predictions on, on the chat. I always appreciate that from you guys. So, uh, all right, y'all. I, I'm a little quenched right now. We've, we've had some, a great deep conversation about uh, 
San Diego and Rising. But, you know, I noticed we all have our drinks here. You guys want to talk about your, your favorite Four Peaks beer? Yeah, so uh, what have you got with that, Max? Yeah, so I got the Peach Ale here. I mean, there's not really a bad uh, Four Peaks beer out there. Tried them all. Uh, I mean, when when our job is to, you know, drink, talk, and you know, be on camera for it. And in my case, also uh, working with Four Peaks, it's not a bad gig. So I'm happy to talk about them, say nice things. Um, I mean, I would also say some of their other flavors that I don't think people see often, they have the day drinker. It is a light beer. I'm telling you, it is like way better than any Bud Light, Keystone Light, Coors Light. That's not hard. It's not hard, (laughs) but it doesn't taste like... um, uh, can I, can I don't know if I, can I say piss on here? Piss? Yeah, yeah. okay, piss. Come on, yeah, it's cool. than piss. we don't usually <laughs> cuss, but we'll allow Dude, it. Dude, piss is kind of it's not it's it's a crass term, but <laughs> no, uh, but go. no, it, it tastes a lot better than that. Um, and I mean, we love Four Peaks, everything they do, and yeah. we do have a uh, watch party coming up. That's this right, that's weekend. right. On Sunday, mm-hmm. we got uh, the Cardinals uh, facing against the Oakland Raiders, and so uh, our PHNX Cardinals crew is going to be hosting a watch party over there at the Eighth Street Pub in Tempe. You guys can purchase tickets to the event. And I believe you get one free beer. Yeah, so okay. five so five dollar ticket. It'll get you one free beer, and you can watch on a twenty foot projector. Uh, I'm trying to do the math. I think that's like two hundred forty inches. I, math was my strong suit when I was in elementary school, not now. But uh, a lot of good stuff there. They also <laughs> are doing. They also have the beer specials per usual. It's just a fun time, man. We're all you know. I'll I'll be there. I know producer Sean's gonna be there. It's just a just a dang good time. Come on out. I think we're forgetting well about one key thing as well. Is that you're we're giving away. Cardinals tickets. Oh yeah, as well. I did bury the lead a bit, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's mm. insane. If you guys, you know, you know, we'll, we'll talk about our, our sponsor a little bit. The other one, uh, Game Time app. You, you've seen those prizes up there, even though they they hook hook you up with up, up to sixty percent off those tickets. Free Cardinals tickets are, are still amazing. You know, it's it's if you can go get down there, purchase that five dollar ticket, get your beer, and also be in line for free Cardinals tickets. I think that's a hell of a deal. You can also watch the Cardinals get that W against mm-hmm. Oakland. Because I, I was gonna say it's another team in the valley to disappoint you while you're waiting for Rising to come oh, back. They gotta got do better. I feel you know I, Oakland wasn't that great either in first in the first week, so I think mm-hmm. they can do it. But again, check them out this Sunday, Four Peaks Brewery. Uh, check them out for the PHNX Cardinals watch party on Sunday. All right, Owen. All right. I feel like you're yearning to talk about something that happened Am on I? Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. We're bit. talking about Tuesday. We're moving in with our, around the USL. Let's do it by talking about some things that were happening in Irvine on Tuesday. We've obviously spoken about this in the past. Orange County facing threats against their stadium. Well, they have got their stadium now for next season based on a vote of the city council. They voted that they were going to let them stay there for 2023 uh, under the existing terms of the MOU, the, the memorandum of understanding that they were already working under. Of course, it wasn't too straight, uh, straight easy sailing. Look, we, we saw what was happening these past few weeks. Lots of questions about what was going on behind the scenes, the city staff, mm-hmm. how they were negotiating with LA Galaxy 2. And things got quite nasty. Well, that was partly addressed, but look, it just wasn't that easy to get the very straightforward extend them for another year through Irvine City Council. Should we have a listen to some of the things that were said during that council meeting? Would the staff be coming back to us in short order with its work at the next meeting, for example? Extending the MOU. I don't even know what the terms of the MOU are. You don't win favors when you're accusing us of being corrupt. 
not winning any favors at all. Like it doesn't help. Um, but I will second this. Um, you know, moving forward, but I also, we're here together. I need you guys to reflect and think about the words that you use in accusing myself and my colleagues of really awful things. And I will be honest, I don't know enough about soccer to be corrupt even if I wanted to be. Yeah, I feel like that doesn't paint them in the best light, the council. Look, we need to be quite clear here. that the, the funniest things here, right? The one council member who doesn't know the terms of the MOU. Like, you're one of five people on this council. For God's sake, look them up. Isn't that your job? It's like a two-page thing. Okay, look it up. Uh, and number two, then coming out with, I mean, favors? Oh, that uh, Trying to argue that you are not corrupt. And I'm not saying these people are, right? They, they are realistically not. They might well be incompetent, but I don't think they're corrupt. But... You don't come up with favors when you're trying to defend yourselves from being corrupt, do you? It doesn't win you favors when you call yourself being corrupt. What, what do you want about? That is so weird. So when, you, then, when you add favors with politics, it just makes you look really bad. It's yeah, just... yeah. I don't know enough about the sport to be corrupt. Really? I don't think you need to know anything about the sport to be... What, what is this? Like, look, at the end of the day, all it seems to show, I think, is the sad state at times be perfectly frank of local democracy not just in this country we can we can look much broader local democracy in general is in a lot of ways a bit of a shambles there are a lot of people who i don't think are quite as qualified for the, those jobs as they seem to think that they are um there are i mean i mean look at the end of the day cami tim the second speaker there the one who was bringing up the you know, you're not going to earn any favors kind of stuff. You know, she was, they touted on her election that she had won the most votes of anybody to the council. She had less than 20% of the population of Irvine voted for her. Like, this is, not it's the reality here whereby these people, I, I think, take up these positions and don't fully understand all elements of the community. It's why a lot of them all have very kind of similar backgrounds. They're fairly high level professionals. Right when they get into here, I mean, in, in Cami Tim's case, she's a proudly touts that she's a small business owner. You know, it, it's it's just a bit of a disconnect almost. I mean, I think it goes to show that it's it's just kind of it's kind of mind blowing that levels of this sport and all you know all sports, not just soccer, is determined at the local level as it is, and you see it unfolding in this way. I mean, imagine if. This same conversation, but it went the other way. You'd be you'd be absolutely outraged. Of what, what did we just listen to? It's it, it's just kind of perplexing. I, I'm trying to even find the words of to kind of summarize that this is how little I think people can be tapped into. You see some city councils that it seems like they have a really good pulse of what's going on, you know, of the teams, what the ramifications and everything that it means. But I mean, oh, and I know you did some fantastic like reporting about it, but it just seems like it was just in shambles from the start. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, look, I think Harry's actually I on think the Harry money Harry has here. it on yeah. point right there. Yeah. yeah, the Irvine Council at the end of the day were not prepared mm -hmm. for the fact that when you make unpopular decisions, when you're involved in unpopular discussions, people get heated. This is what you took on. Mm -hmm. This is your job. 
right? Mm. You went in for this. This is a job. That's what you signed up for if you're getting involved in politics at any level. At any level, there are things that people will find that you are doing that they don't like. Yeah. And they're going to be heated about it. That's just how life is. Yeah, no, it it's just does not paint a, a good light on them. And if they're getting upset about people actually voicing their voice and saying, hey, you know, we don't want LA Galaxy 2 here. This is the, the team that we won. The way you're going about it is even worse. And when you're called out about it, you get upset, then... You know, that's, you know, look at yourself in the mirror for a second and then get upset mm -hmm. at yourself. Yeah. And what, what almost gets to me the most out of all of this is that there's all the discussion there, of course, about, look, we're not corrupt. You've got to turn the tone down. You've got to do all this. There's no actual addressing of any of the questionable things that were found. There's no attempt to provide reasonable rationale to the public. Yeah. There's no attempt to scrutinize what the city manager and the staff, because the, the mayor of Irvine admits in this meeting the city manager hasn't met with the city of Irvine. Other members of the council, the vice mayor, Anthony Quo, said that he had met with the uh, OCSC, but the city manager hasn't met with them, and that was the mayor admitted that in the meeting. There's no real scrutiny of what the staff have been doing that would give the impression to the outside world that something dubious is happening there. There was yeah. no attempt to clarify that whatsoever, so why are they, why are they shocked? Oh, yeah. Maven's keep kind of hits it on the head here. That's how you play off corruption. Super condescending with no rational rebuttal outside of ruffled angst. It was funny mm -hmm. how they were like, it, it just kind of summed up like the, they, they didn't know what they were talking about. Right. And they, they just, didn't even read the MOU. One job. He's like, like, I just show up on Tuesday, y'all. Like, y'all let me know what you need. <laughs> I show up. I got a nice parking spot. Like, I'm Wait, great. Y'all are mad. Don't forget the free coffee and donuts. Uh, but it's like, it's like, is it too much to expect of a politician to like not let how the public is treating you influence your decision and just make decisions off facts and stuff like that? Like, the, she was like, you're, you're, not, winning your, you're, not, you're not asking <laughs> yourself anything. And like we were talking about before the show, no non-corrupt person ever has been like we're not corrupt like as saying that you're not corrupt right. makes it sound like you're corrupt not not great Two, three things number one ruffled angst that's like a phenomenal like alternative rock band i just want to throw that out there that's that's how oh my brain God. works you, <laughs> tell me i'm wrong number two i mean from start to finish just doesn't pay yourself in a good lie yes not only oh don't you know oh you have issue with someone's tone oh no i don't i'm not i'm too you're playing essentially pleading incompetence and you don't know enough to actually make a sound decision. But number three, if you understood the ramifications, what this had for two different fan bases, for an entire community, for an entire city, this is how historically, maybe not exactly through like a city council like this, but this is how grassroots soccer gets stifled because people don't understand how much this can impact a community from a growth standpoint, from a revenue standpoint, from everything that is able to develop, you know, what a soccer club means to a city and for what? Yeah, it's bringing in it's money. But I think it's just when you have that, it's a it comes down a bit to greed and just not knowing who your audience is. And it's just incredibly tone deaf on their part. It yeah. is. It is. And it, it's just that attempt to kind of police the tone of something that they even by their own admission don't really understand and that's almost where the problem is mm -hmm. just i mean what there's so much you can fall behind on in irvine naturally when it comes to a sporting perspective there's so many different teams there i'm sure you couldn't pay any attention to the uh the one professional team <laughs> the only one they have. yeah 
So ultimately, Owen, they're they're gonna stay for 2023. They got mm-hmm. a year extension, right? Or it was already in place, right, for them to stay technically. Well, kind of. It would automatically renew, but now okay. they they're directing. Yes, it specifically should renew. So are we gonna have to do this again in a year? Have you know Sean <laughs> back as producer and talk about politics again? Or um, well, here's the thing, right? They they as part of this motion. It was, okay, we need to agree one more year under the current terms of the MOU. We need to then follow that up by actively working on what comes next. Okay. Actively working on what comes next now so that it's in place in a reasonable time frame. The reason, and look, a lot, there seems to be a lot of negativity towards the club in that meeting. A lot of people who are more focused on community use, because as we know, the community definitely needs to use a 5,000-seater uh, professional sports venue yeah, for yeah. everything. Yeah, I know. That's, that's exactly why you build it. It's exactly why you use it. You know, all 10 people that go out to watch whatever pointless game they want to put there is it's definitely needed. But... Uh, you know, there they seemed a lot of animosity almost towards the club, and I think part of it came from um, the tone, uh, as effectively as what they were all saying. So I'm not sure if outside of a, an understanding that they had to make a decision now, because if they didn't make a decision now, no team was moving in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they'd have necessarily given it to them. But they were panicked because they were up against the effectively put up against the wall by multiple parties. Galaxy wanted it sorted by now, and Orange County wanted it sorted by now, so someone had to ultimately prevail. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, we'll keep you updated with all the situation. Yeah, it's, so, it's always fun to dig into stuff like this. I wish they were Sit just... Sit for a six-hour cast. I tell you what, if I don't hear more people talking about some international school in Irvine and some asphalt factory in Irvine... <laughs> I'll be in a much better place, but the <laughs> the asphalt took up far too much. People brought videos about this asphalt thing to play in the council meeting. You know what else they had? They had about like three or four. Like we had to sit there as they played these glitzy videos about long-serving police officers at the start of the council meeting. It was for joy. joy yeah, I, I could have just slept through most of it, but I made the bad decision to watch. Nah, it you want to watch it? You love this stuff, don't. <laughs> Don't lie. All right, y'all. Let's talk about our friends at DraftKings before we talk about the games that are happening this weekend around the USL. Uh, right now, there's a promotion for new customers with DraftKings. So if you bet just $5, you get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings uh, with the early win promotion. And the early win promotion, what that breaks down to is that if you bet on any NFL to, any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. It doesn't matter if your team loses that game. So it's super simple with the early win promotion for you to get some money with DraftKings. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PHNX. And again, that's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And there is a game tomorrow, right, with the USL? Yeah, there is a USL game tomorrow. Let's get it up. There is a USL Championship game tomorrow. It is Memphis 901 against Charleston Battery. So, I feel like the obvious answer is Memphis. Was it a plus the 500 for Charleston? DraftKings is flat out <laughs> telling you it's going to be Memphis. Mm-hmm. It's a minus 235 on Memphis if you want to go for them. Plus 450 Ooh. on Charleston Battery. And plus 370 on a draw. Uh, let's find something here that's actually interesting. Because uh, that one, <laughs> that is not an interesting bet. I feel like, let's look at the spread. How many are we going to see Memphis win by? Multiple goals. So uh, minus 1.5 is plus 115. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think they're going to win by three goals or more at plus 280, or if you think they're really going to pile on the misery, and uh, you go with a minus 3.5 spread there, so they're going to score four goals. No, I don't think so. Ah. Plus 600. You don't think they're going to win that by four goals? Because Charleston aren't very good. When in doubt, take the draw. <laughs> Does Friday count as midweek UISL for the mm-hmm. sake of just gonna say, bizarre you know, results? No, I think Memphis gets a W. Maybe a 2-0. 2-0 victory. You're going Memphis. with 2-0? Two, 2-0? Two nil, two nil. Okay. Ramon, okay. To, make you, to make you happy, I did take uh, Man United losing today in a wow. parlay. And wow. Well, Against to be, Sheriff, well, man? Well, to be, well, you know, listen, I... <laughs> It, yeah, they beat Real Madrid last year. You never, you never know what's going to happen at home in these international competitions. Like you said, Sheriff, they beat them at the Bernabeu. Their actual badge is <laughs> yes. a Sheriff badge. Is it Come sheriff? On, There's God. a snake yeah. in my boot. No, but it's it, you never know what's going to happen. And to be fair, I think it's still early in the season. Do I think, man, you are frauds? No, but I don't trust them in international international competition. But you won because they did as well. I lost my parlay. I lost... That My makes chance. Me happy. So there you go. There you Spur- go. Back to back days. Spurs lose Don't and Man U wins. It's you know what, if we t- no, no, no. I was going to say an actual serious one here. If we're going to talk about UEFA, mm-hmm. right? We've seen two rounds of the Champions League. Who do you think at this point you would put your money on to win it? Man City. You go with Man City. So Man City are plus 200. Uh, They're the favorite at the moment. PSG, maybe? PSG at plus 500. They're in second. I would say, I would say PSG. Go with I, PSG. Real. I don't. I. I. No. Real with with Benzema injured. Listen, I never. I, I never. I never. am going to count them out. And to be fair, the favorite in this competition, I feel rarely has won these past couple years. <laughs> PSG to me is the boom or bust. If they have all three guys clicking, which Their they have, they all better. scored together against Maccabee Haifa for the first time ever. If they are clicking, I don't care how shaky their defense is. How are you going to stop them? Yeah. No, their midfield is a lot better this year. That's Mm -hmm. why I trust them a lot more. I think they're clicking. I know Mbappe got got his money now, so he's happy. So it's, I I think they can make some noise this year. I mean, everyone else in in who could, like, other than Man City, who else is really going to challenge Man City and PSG? Bayern, you know, uh, Bayern, yeah, they they won against Barcelona, but, like, kind of shaky, plus they're shaky in Bundesliga. Um, Gosh, like I said, Real, Benzema's injured. We'll see how that carries on. Uh, Liverpool, absolutely in shambles. Like, I, we'll, we'll see. I don't really think anyone outside those two at the moment are going to make a legit run in that. Yeah, we'll see. It mm-hmm. always throws up surprises. Yeah, it does. Always does. Let's take a look at some uh, games really quickly on Saturday for USL. Any of the games there kind of stand out to you? I'm curious about the Monterey Bay against Indy 11. You know, those two teams are kind of playing well. Solomon Asante's playing well for Indy 11, so I'm looking, looking Solo. forward to Solo. Solo. We're mentioning him again. Um, Got to touch on him. He did have a trio of assists last weekend, so uh, very good, very good performance by him. But yeah, they're up against Monterey Bay. It's interesting, I think, from Rising's perspective, Monterey Bay, how they're going to go into this one, um, because if they keep winning then even the slim chance of Rising making the playoffs to mm-hmm. me is disappearing. Come on, Solo, do us a favor um, for once, for Rising. Come on. Yeah, and, and of course, this is the thing. Monterey Bay are on much better form overall, even than Indy lately. Um, they, they picked up a very good win last week, yes, mm-hmm. but they're still struggling overall. Uh, some of the other games, actually, that are intriguing to me here. San Antonio hosting New mm-hmm. Mexico. New Mexico have been a little bit here in, in free fall recently, and it's a very classic New Mexico. This is what they do. Uh, New Mexico can't seem to actually keep things going till the end of the season. They've done this regularly. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't know. We'll see, won't we? If San Antonio and San Antonio at home there should win in that game. Yeah. But it's interesting. New Mexico are going to have to turn around soon if they're going to have any hopes going forward. Well, if they lose on Saturday and El Paso gets the W against Galaxy, you know, El Paso can jump into, uh, is it fifth? Fifth place. So, yeah, you know, that's Mm going to make things a little bit more interesting. Another game that's intriguing me here is Hartford hosting Las Vegas Lights. Why? Because it means Vegas are actually going to play this week because it's not their stadium. Their game is rescheduled against Monterey Bay for the September 27th, mm. from what I saw. So on okay. two, next Tuesday, I believe? Or? Uh, yeah, it's uh, week Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Week from Tuesday. It'll be the day before Rising plays in Sacramento. Mm. But yeah, that one, it's gonna be a huge what a game. mess. Mm. What a mess, <laughs> the circumstances of that game. One other one to touch on, I think, especially on that Saturday there, RGV mm-hmm. hosting Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Springs have, have picked themselves up lately, right? After a, a run of real poor form, they've picked themselves back mm-hmm. up. Can they keep it going? Again, it's one of those ones where even if rising, uh, we've said <laughs> frequently, it's it's really slipping out of the hands now. Any hope, you've got to see those kind of teams dropping points. And in this game, you really need Colorado Springs to pick up a win. <sighs> yeah, I mean, RGV three wins in their last five matches. And if you're going, I mean, you don't, you don't go off goal differential. You play to win the game, but I, you know, it's, they would be seventh in the table. If you're going off of that, you know, maybe peaking at the right time, fighting in for that lat for, you know, one of those last spots. Yeah. You definitely want to see Colorado Springs come through, but um, I am also curious about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. Fun weekend. Some interesting games on Sunday as well. Mm-hmm. Sacramento Republic against Orange County. So that one should be fun. Here's a well. question, actually. From a rising perspective, LA Galaxy 2, El Paso Locomotive. What do you want there? Because I, I feel like it has to be a draw. Yeah, draw is what I would be leaning to. Yeah, I would. Or s- El Paso, actually. You know, if they can take New Mexico, then kind of New Mexico falls into their position in a way. Mm-hmm. But, so. uh, but New Mexico coming into it from a higher position. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd pro- I mean, I was going to say definitely a draw, but I would say El Paso winning would be the most opportune for that. I feel as though a draw is probably just, it, it kind of keeps a lot of a lot of the mess in one place there. El Paso aren't pulling away. Uh, Galaxy 2 are not really making any advance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. But of course, the real result is a rising win this weekend. Yeah, that's definitely what we uh, what we need. What we also need right now, I think I'm feeling a little bit chill right now. So I do want to talk about our friends at OG's. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, I want you guys to go to our website, gophnx.com, and enter the Flavoring Life Sweepstakes. If you are the winner, you'll receive three bags of OGs, including orange creamsicle and tropical flavors. Now that we're in the office, I'm going to try to get some. But uh, you can also get an OGs hat, a PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. And again, the way you can sign up for the sweepstakes is by going to gophnx.com or by clicking the link in our show notes. You want to say something, sir? My bad. I thought you were pointing at no, me. No, no, no. I thought it was Owen. He can't. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, I was, I was like, like, where's that finger pointing? my cue to shut up. So. No, no, no. You're good. I mean, I'm, I ain't got much to say. I mean, I, OG just hits the spot. Like, I've seen RD in the chat saying, I'm just hoping Rising will kick the ball into a teammate's face. Well, if you do, uh, it's I, I'm not a doctor, so I can't, I guess I can't legally say this, but from personal experience, That's I feel... That's a bad way to start <laughs> It's just like the city council. I can't legally say I, this, but... Anyway, um, I feel... you got shut down, I feel... Guys. I feel <laughs> I'm not... In, off the record, of course. Um, <laughs> I, uh, he says on a recorded uh, podcast and live video. Um, I okay, th- Dr. Max, I, what do you have to tell us? <laughs> I, I think that if a rising player does get hit in the face by a teammate, I believe OGs would help with that quite a lot. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure go. that Juan would agree with you. Well, um, I'm also uncertain as to USL's <laughs> drug testing policy, but... <laughs> Yeah, probably fair. They can chill. You know, we'll see. Um, all right, y'all. But if you do want to purchase your very own OGs, you can go to their website, ogsbrands.com. 
Follow them on Instagram at OG's Brands, and you can also find their products at your local dispensary. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh, all right, y'all, we got a few minutes left, so I'm just going to kind of I was going to do a whole segment on the FIFA ratings, but I'm just going to ask you what you guys think the rating is. Why are you hiding the rates? Oh, you're asking. I'm going to ask you guys. Yeah. I've just seen half of them now. I'm gonna Max go for, can guess. Max can right, guess. Let's go with Max. Who's the number one rated player in FIFA 23 this year? Dude, Who do you I, think? I literally just saw this the other day. Uh, gosh darn He's it. Googled FIFA 23. Don't yeah, do it. No, I'm not fun. Owen, we're He's cheating. To, He's cheating. I don't have a pulled out. No, no, no. It's fun, Owen. We're trying to have fun. <laughs> Let me collude. Fun. Let have you me collude. Uh, gosh. Uh, Plays in Spain. <laughs> is it? Wait, it's a, is it not a tie? No. Well, Seriously? technically, no. Oh, shoot. Um... It's is it Ben in like plays in Spain right now? Is it is it Benzema? Yes, sir. Not rated ninety one. You know who's the second one? Oh gosh, uh, is it Kevin De Bruyne? Mm, kind of close. Actually, Lewandowski is actually number two. So mm. then you got Mbappe, De Bruyne, and uh, Lionel Messi is fifth this year. So, but I can't talk to any smack because Ronaldo's eighth in the overall ranking. So. That's- I, I, that's that's way too high. <laughs> you think that's way too high for Ronaldo? Thanks. Yeah, dude, he doesn't even play regularly. No. no. Um, let's see, uh, Neymar. Let's let's chuck it up to Owen here. What, what do you think his rating is this year? Oh God. Um, based on the numbers you've got on there, I'm guessing somewhere around I don't know, 89. Yeah, you saw the freaking. Line. I didn't even <laughs> get. I didn't even see his. I'm just guessing where they are on the list. All right, yo. Uh, we'll talk. You know, someone mentioned Erling Holland in the uh, in the chat, so we'll uh, I'll uh, let you guys guess. What do you guys think? I know you didn't see this one. I didn't see this. I didn't see it either. <sighs> I'm gonna say he's probably a little bit lower because he's kind of I don't know. He, he he's he's been a thing for a while, but he's like really been on fire only the last like month or two. Yeah, he's just making fun of the Premier League. He is. The moment, we, like. I mean, my I mean, for that Champions League goal against Dortmund, that was insane my gosh I, I would say he's an 87 we're going with michael's guess on there 87 let's do it uh actually not super close actually so 88 88, 88. Okay, i don't think i think that's fair all right, all right. I think that's fair it's his first year in the premiere so if he continues the way he's playing definitely so yeah fifa 23 coming out next week so check it out and uh yeah what, what was the question there with the rising what would rising have as a fifa rating above 40, <laughs> above 40. Oh, good question um, second tier it's not like there would be that bad no. i don't know so here's what here's what some people will tell you and i've had a rising owner mention this to me apparently if you look up some of the stats they reckon that they're not that far off a of league one so you look up what the players are getting in league one in england that's what they seem to think is the rough sure. comparison there you go there you go nice comparison there all right cool well, this this has been uh this has been fun y'all but uh i do want to talk to you guys about the game time app if you guys haven't downloaded it yet i know we talked about it uh here on the show but if you haven't make sure to uh check it out you can use the link in our description if you're looking to buy tickets and the cool thing about using the game time app is that you can get up to 60 percent um save up to 60 percent on tickets when you buy the tickets last minute and it's a great deal for you know all the procrastinators out there like me so uh if you love phnx you'll love the game time app and the this is the best way to support us so make sure to go on the, the show notes click on the link and use that link to purchase apps on the game time app uh any other stuff max no nah, man you hit it nice nice I feel like we've got to uh in a couple toast more our uh, toast the fish show, First show here. in the new studio. That our producer had. have one, yeah. Sean, oh, yeah. he threw it in the trash. He, he, it. <laughs> he, said he killed that. He killed. You that. can't see it, guys, but he was reaching in to try and it's get been, the bottle it's back. It's been out. a long show. I've I been done for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, boys. It's the thrill of a council meeting making them drink. All right, y'all, that is it for us. We will be back on Sunday with the live post-game show. Uh, Owen, uh, San Diego, is that where we're going to be? San Diego. All right, y'all. So, yeah, we'll be back. I got the train strikes off because I'm getting the train to Monterey (laughs) afterwards. fun. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, uh, check us out on Saturday. Max, myself, and Noah will be back. Thank you so much for joining us today on this Thursday night. Have a lovely evening, and we will see you on Saturday. Take care.